What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Today's Power to the Pot. It's our fan mailbag episode as we get ready to face off against the New England Patriots in week one. All of the things that you want to talk about are on the table. So let's dive in. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of thedraftnetwork.com, and your host here on Power to the Pod, which means it's your show today. I'm really just along for the ride and taking this thing where you guys want it to go. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bright Co. Brightco Jewelry Watch Insurance brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 a month. Check out our special offer for Locked on Dolphins listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. Uh, today being power to the pod, we of course have a bunch of Twitter questions and reviews for the show that had questions tagged in them. Uh, so we are going to get into all that, but I did want to acknowledge a couple tea leaves, if you will, from uh, the Dolphins' first uh, depth chart, uh, which came out yesterday uh, and is going to give us a bit of an idea of what's going on at the cornerback position specifically. The Dolphins have Nick Needham listed as the second starting cornerback and behind them is Keon Crossan and Noah Igbenogany. So uh, it certainly seems as though Needham getting pushed outside, Crossan in passing situations, and probably Eric Rowe uh, if the Patriots come out in 12 personnel with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith uh, will be how the Dolphins choose to handle that. And um, not, not necessarily any surprises there. Uh, but a good affirmation of Nick. And I'll tell you what, man. We um, we have ourselves a player in Nick Needham who has spent a lot of different time in a lot of different places over the course of his three years with the Dolphins. And um, he's back this year on a restricted free agent tender uh, to play for close to $4 million. Needham is a player who... I think we're going to get a really good version of this year, again, because he's in a contract year. Uh, he was a player who was a UDFA. He has a really big opportunity, and if he plays well, he, there's going to be a lot of teams that have attention paid to Nick Needham as a player who you could potentially sign to come play for your football team uh, this upcoming offseason. And Needham playing, having safety versatility, having slot versatility, having outside corner versatility, uh, he's a really, really awesome story, and he deserves all the credit in the world for improving himself both as an athlete and as an instinctual player. Um, but this is kind of just on the front of my mind here as we get ready to start this season that, man, like, Needham's going to embark on a different journey and, and tr be charged with a different role for Miami because they need him to fill one. And um, players like that get paid, whether it's from Miami or somebody else. 
So I uh, want to put that on, on everybody's radar because I did a mock draft over for Draft Network. And um, I actually did give them a nickel safety corner hybrid type player, Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. Not that anybody cares as we're getting ready to start, start week one of the NFL season. But the thought process was, yeah, Roe and Needham are, are players who uh, their long-term forecast here is their expiring contracts this upcoming season. So uh, just keep that file in the back of your head and props to Nick and excited to see what Nick does with the opportunity to, to play corner for the Dolphins the next couple of weeks. Uh, let's go ahead and, and dive in our first iTunes review. Feel really good that we have a direction for an offensive identity. It's one thing we were never able to come close to the past two years. One of the big differences I see with this regime is that they have a plan with their practice squad player. No more Bryce Starks or Jibri Blounts that we don't teach anything to. I'm not blaming those players. Yeah, no, no guys catching strays here. Uh, but they were both brand new to their position or sport, and we did them no favors. Our current practice squad player mirror the type of players on the active roster. I think Zaquandri compares most favorably to Mostert. We need just need to teach him how to run in the system. Cameron Good is a versatile backer that fits our system. Ben Stilley fits what we look for in interior defender. Even Kalon Barnes could be a Keon, Keon Cross and understudy. I felt like the old regime, especially in offense, never tried to develop talent on the practice squad. And the one guy they did, they never used. Thinking back on past UDFAs, do you know where Carl Tucker is? He would have really fit well when this team is an H-back type. I do not know where Carl Tucker is off the top of my head. Um, and, and I think you really hit the nail on the head here as far as offensive identity. I will say that the Dolphins' previous regime developed some players, right? Not offensively. But um, that, that, I think, comes back to having a vision in an offensive identity. And if you know what the end, if you begin with the end in mind, but not married to that result, you know, you, you can find some players like Zach Sealers and Nick Needham's. But, um, yeah, offensively, it was too many cooks in the kitchen, too many different visions, too many different um, directions. Nobody could develop. Nobody had a chance to develop. The one thing that was constant was we want to be a man coverage, pressure-oriented defense. Great, go out and find those players. Lo and behold, they develop. Well, we want to be um, a New England Patriots-style offense. No, never mind. We want to be a Changeli modern spread. Not really a timing offense, but more of a spot throw offense. No, never mind. We want to be an RPO. Like in hindsight, um, I, I think the lack of offensive identity for anything that you tried to do is why, like, maybe Bryce Sterk or Jibri Blount could have become something if you knew what you wanted to be for more than 12 months at a time. Uh, but I, I do agree. I, I like the practice squad this year. I, I'm glad that they were able to retain a lot of players that I was hopeful that they were going to be able to get their hands on and, and keep in-house. Uh, Waffle Derrick. Public service announcement. This is very important. I can confirm. And I can confirm this is factual. Mac Jones's middle name is McCorkle. It's facts. We must spread the word around so Christian Wilkins can be yelling, I'm coming for you, McCorkle, all game. And now that the season has started, Mac Jones can only be referred to as one, McCorkle, and two, two as backup. No further questions. 
Uh, Jason for Fins. Kyle, I love the show style of explaining football. Can you explain the practice squad rules to a casual fan? What are their salaries? What does it count against the cap? What is protecting a practice squad player mean? What are the goals of bringing players to the practice squad? Oh, man, you're, you are speaking my language, Jason. What are the goals of bringing practice squad players to the practice squad? What can and can't they do with the team? Thanks, dude. Hashtag girl dad. Let's go. This is a great question. Okay, so practice squad players, it's effectively your fantasy taxi squad. If you're a fantasy player, if you're not a fantasy player and you don't know what a taxi squad is, well, then let me go back to square one. Practice squad players are players that are under contract with the team. They practice throughout the week with the team. They sit in on all the meetings, just like all the other players do. But you don't dress for game day. You are technically not an active member of the roster on game day. It's kind of like when um, a player practices, but they're dealing with an injury and they're off like, and they can practice throughout the week, but then they don't dress. And then they're on street clothes, like on game day. Like that's what the practice squad players do unless you are elevated. And that's one of the changes. It used to be you were on the practice squad and at any time, another NFL team could call and offer you a contract to leave the practice squad to sign a 53-man roster contract with their team. And players, you want to play, right? So if you get that phone call, hey, we want to sign you to the active roster, you usually go and leave. Well, when they did the new collective bargaining agreement, they put things in place that you can now, on a weekly basis, protect a handful of those players, which means teams cannot come and offer those players contracts for their active roster to lure them away from your practice squad. Now that not did not used to be the case. And now they, there's some, so there's some strategy involved for a lot of teams that carry two quarterbacks on the 53 man roster. They'll have a third quarterback on the practice squad. And that guy, he can be partake in all the practices. He could partake in all the meetings. He's learning the system, but he's probably not a guy who's really ready to play. But then if one of your quarterbacks got hurt, the logical thing to do would be to elevate that player from the practice squad onto your active roster to help you cover uh, and have somebody else who knows the system instead of signing somebody off the street who doesn't know your, your lingo, vocabulary, and how you do things. Um, goals of bringing players to the practice squad. I think about players like Ben Stilley. I think about players like Cameron Good. Dolphins invested in these players. They brought them in. They really liked them. They played well. But either the team is too full in that position room or alternatively that player has a lot of potential uh, but needs to further hone his craft and get more consistent and maybe is a player who needs to get stronger. He's coming from a small school and didn't have a great strength and conditioning program. Bringing players back that show promise, but ideally are not ready to play NFL football, you bring them back, and then you, the ideal is you carry them throughout the season on your practice squad. And then in the offseason, you sign them to your expanded 53-man roster or the, your 90-man roster offseason. You know, and, and you have less restrictions in the offseason. You can have 90 versus 53. So... You carry those practice squad players through the regular season. You get to the offseason, you sign them back to the uh, expanded offseason roster. And the hope is 
Next year in training camp, they actually go out and they earn a spot on the 53. So it's a way for you to retain and develop players instead of, well, you can't make our team. Sorry, come back again next year. Well, no, somebody else will call and offer them a contract and then you'll lose that player. So it's it's kind of like your uh, long-term player development program, if you will, is the objective of the practice squad. So I hope that helps. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, I get very animated with it because I, I love all that stuff with uh, player development and and team building exercises and all that stuff. So uh, you're talking my language. So so thank you for the question, Jason. Uh, before we go any further, guys, don't don't be that guy. We've all seen these viral clips of some guy up on a mountaintop dropping down on a knee, proposing to his girl, and uh, seagull flies by. Pops ring out of his hand, falls off, rolls down the mountain. Never to be seen again. Don't be that guy. You certainly don't want that splattered all over the internet. The guys at Brico Jewelry Insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what the hell happened to it. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest and easiest and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. Our next question comes from Nikki Q. Nikki Q wants to know who is the returner best Dolphins podcast out there, period. That's very kind. Thank you. Now that Lynn Bowden is on the Patriots, who will be the primary returner for the Dolphins? Is it time for the Dolphins to trust Noah with that responsibility, a.k.a. Noah Igbenagin? Doesn't sound like it. Uh, the, the depth chart that came out, I know I referenced that earlier in the show, has Raheem Mostert returning kicks and has Tyreek Hill listed as the primary punt return. I know there, there's probably going to be a lot of leery Dolphins fans about that forecast. Um, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. If it doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies, uh, but Tyreek Hill returned punts for his first three years in Kansas City. I think that's important. Important for us to notate. Uh, he was a, a all-pro as a rookie because of his ability to return punts. He had 39 punt returns for 592 yards and two touchdowns, 15.2 yards per return. It's crazy good. That's a crazy good number. Um, the 592 yards, two touchdowns, and 15.2 all led the NFL in 2016. In 2017 and 2018, uh, he had 25 and 20 punt returns, respectively, uh, 204 and 213 yards, and had uh, at least one return for touchdown in both of those years as well. So any year, any year that Tyreek Hill has handled punt return duties, he's at least ran one back. So I think you acknowledge that... In a perfect world, you have somebody else to do this, but getting your best player a chance to touch the ball in space like that, I mean, it, the Chiefs certainly reap the benefits of it. So it's one of those things where as long as he's smart about it, okay. Okay. You know, like, there, there is nobody more qualified other than arguably Jalen Waddell on the roster to do it. We're being frank. Tyreek Hill is the most qualified person to return kicks. So, yeah, we're, we're probably going to collectively hold our breath. Uh, we're probably going to say, let's 
fair catch a lot, right? Unless you, you get some clear and obvious room, uh, punter makes a mistake. Okay. But just be disciplined. And, and that's, I think, all we can hope for. Uh, but right now it looks like Tyree kills going to get the first crack at returning punts and Mostert going to return. Actually, that was, um, that was a nice comment that, that Mostert made in training camp when I was down there. He was asked cause it was one of the, the first days of practice and he was returning kicks and, and he was asked, I don't remember who it was that asked the question. So my apologies to whoever was there in the scrum and asked the question, but asked him about returning kicks. And, and he, alluded to it being a lot like um, running the ball in this offense and saying, well, you know, you, you've got your space. You kind of stretch things out, make a read, and then you find a lane and then you hit it. And um, it's pretty cool, pretty cool parallel. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see what Mostert does. And of course, you, you do have Chase Edmonds there as um, somebody to spell that for you. And kick returns at this point in the NFL would, the ball placement and it's uh it, it's pretty limited opportunities so usually you only get a chance to return a kick if the other team wants you to try to return a kick you know, they'll all go out of the back of the end zone so i'm a little less worried or anxious i should say about kickoff than i am on punt uh next question comes from maddie kyle five stars thank you very much. Dolphins are being crushed. Bottom half of the league in most current power rankings. Would love an episode from you with where you believe the Dolphins fall in line with the rest of the league. Okay. So obviously this is power to the pod. So it's, it's not a question dedicated strictly to that, but here's what I can tell you. Um, the Dolphins, we did this at draft network. We studied all 32 teams this summer and we placed all of the teams players in buckets, and that's elite roster cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, uh, incomplete evaluations, which players we don't have enough information on, uh, rookies, quality depth, replacement level players, practice squad level players, non-NFL roster caliber players. We, we to put all 90 players on all 32 teams in those buckets. And then we updated it when we went to 53. And we're putting these out tomorrow. Uh, at Draft Network, but it is a uh, set of power rankings that is not all-encompassing. It doesn't account for coaching. It doesn't account for schedule. It doesn't account for travel. Um, but it does say, here are the talents available on all the rosters. And we adjusted it for positional value. And um, the Dolphins are in the top third of the league for the quality of the roster. And it, it's what's funny, what, what is actually very funny, is a lot of the Dolphins fans' questions right now with Byron Jones, and it's such a big storyline on how they don't have any corner depth. I'm looking at the other corner rooms across the league, and the Dolphins without Byron Jones, I'd still take more over more than half of the other cornerback rooms across the NFL. And I am not kidding. I am not kidding. So... It was just, it, it was kind of that, I, I had that moment to myself where I kind of chuckled because I've, I've heard this commentary and I've heard all the storylines and you've seen all of the buzz about Byron Jones and the question has come, okay, who's going to play outside corner? Well, who's going to play slot? Like the corner depth in Miami is, is abysmally bad. And I'm looking at the Cardinals with Trayvon Mullen and Marco Wilson are their top two corners. That's their top two corners. 
Uh, you you got Byron Murphy to play in the slot, but your top two outside corners. I mean, I'd rather have Keon Crossan playing outside than either one of those two guys. And I'm dead serious. And like there, there's rooms across the league where it's like that. Miami is a good roster. Oh, so if you don't believe in, if you're going to put Miami in the bottom half of the league, you're buying into casual narratives around Tua Tungalo and you're not asking yourself what this offense is going to do to make life easier for him that would mitigate him, even if you don't believe he's a long-term answer and a, a dynamic player at the quarterback position, or you don't believe in Mike McDaniel. That's, that's, that's the reasons why those teams that are placed above the Dolphins. Because from a roster perspective, it's a top 10 roster in the NFL. Now, quarterback play could prevent that from manifesting, or it could accelerate that and put it in an even higher spot. And I think that's why we're all kind of on bated breath as it pertains to Tua Tungvaloa, because, yeah, there's a lot of varying variables and outcomes for Miami that are all dependent upon how well he puts it together. And uh, that, that's what we're excited to see here. Listen, before we go any further, I got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Pick, the new way to do daily fantasy sports. Uh, it, it's a chance for you to go head to head against the house with their line set for player props. You can parlay them, you can pick uh, two to five players. And if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10x your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, it's you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections for any sport, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. And more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks apps or go to prizepicks.com to sign up for daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you an additional $100. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Our next question. Comes courtesy of Legacy. The question is, there's some very nice comments about the off-season calendar that we provided here on Locked on Dolphins. And the question is, did we as Dolphins fans overvalue some of the cut players considering only players, uh, considering the players that were and were not claimed off waivers. The Jets somehow had seven players claimed. Um, depends. Were you expecting Preston Williams to get claimed? I think some of the, some of the players that did not get claimed for the Dolphins that inevitably came back on practice squads in a vacuum did deserve to play on a 53-man roster. But the thing that you have to remember is that there are 27, 37 players cut by all 32 teams within a two-week stretch. And 27 of them are cut in 48 hours after the third preseason game. That amount of influx 
means players who are more developmental types, practice player types, or practice squad types, um, you don't have room for that. There's probably five teams across the NFL who are harboring players who are strictly developmental player types because they have no expectations this year. And I think that's that's why you saw the lack of teeth, if you will, for some of the, the Dolphins' cuts. Jine Poo question, uh, instead of signing additional corner in free agency or moving Nick out of his spot, why not test veteran Eric Rowe at corner for four games? I'd love with Brandon and Hollywood Vaughn on the back end for four games uh, to have Eric Rowe a corner, then move Nick around. I, I think if you're going to move Eric, you probably got to play him in the slot. Um, Eric struggled historically playing outside corner was not a strength. Now I think Eric Rowe is a sleeper player here in the midst of Miami trying to figure all this stuff out. Um, but I, I would probably be very hesitant to play Eric Rowe at outside corner slot. We can have the conversation. Mike from Denmark. I read you last week. My apologies. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it then. That's our last question is from Jine Poo on Eric Rowe. Um, listen, guys, we, we've got crossover Thursday tomorrow. We have a State of the Union address on Friday. I am very, very excited for what this is all going to be. Um, I'm excited to be down in, in South Florida this weekend. Excited to be going to the game. Uh, we all have expectations, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit on State of the Union uh, and talk about making the most of this season as the Dolphins and, and the directions that we're hoping this team goes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, get excited, guys. Like, we, we, we've waited a really long time for this, and it's here. And um, I'm excited that it's game week, and I'm glad that you guys could all partake in the ways in which you did here on Power to the Pod. Your team every day. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk with you all again tomorrow.